Welcome to the Truth Labs Podcast with me, Gary Schroeder. Given that a person's religion is most often a simple accident of geography, how can religious people be so convinced that their particular religion just happens to be the only one that is right? So that's the focus of a chapter here today we'll be getting into is what you believe about God, simply a matter of where you grew up. Again, is what you believe about God simply a matter of where you grew up? That's from the book Talking With Your Kids About God, 30 Conversations Every Christian Parent Must Have. The author here is Natasha Crane. And um, we've mentioned in many episodes, but if you're with us here for the first time, um, you know, the book here is about talking with your kids about God, but that doesn't necessarily eliminate the usefulness of these questions when we're talking to, you know, not our kids, whether those are adults, whether we're grappling with ourselves or within ourselves. So I think these are useful questions, they'll come up, if they come up in kids, they're often, you know, likely to come up in adults. And frankly, if they're in adults, uh, they were probably always there uh, in our whole lives as kids, um, but we never got those questions answered. And, you know, this is an aside outside of this chapter. Um, I think about this a lot. I, I have kids, and of course, I was a kid. And so, I think about this idea of questions kids have about all kinds of things, questions people have about all kinds of things, and then you wonder, why has that question that maybe began in the mind or in the heart of a kid, why is that question still there? Why is that question still there? And I do think there are, a, there are some questions that... Um, they're not answerable. You know, maybe there are things that we can never know. But a lot of things we can know. We can know. And so then I say, well, for the, the set of things, the set of questions that we can know the answer to, at least to an increasing degree, maybe we never have absolute certainty with anything, that we believe or any answer to our questions, but we have an increasing degree of certainty for those set of questions, why might a question or a set of questions that began in the heart or the mind of a kid still be there as an adult? And you know, one reason may be that the, the person just never really cared that much and so they didn't investigate on their own, and that happens. Um, but I think one of the reasons this happens more often than not, especially when it comes to the larger questions of life, metaphysical questions, uh, you could use the phrase religious questions. I think one of the reasons is because when we were all kids or even kids now began to ask these questions of their parents and perhaps their parents were religious Maybe they weren't religious, but their their parents had a particular worldview. And then when the the kids started asking questions that, on the surface, seemed to challenge that worldview, the parents just kind of stuffed them. They just stuffed them. 
basically they almost likened or almost connected the questions to a challenge of some kind of parental authority or worldview authority. And, uh, and so eventually the kids stop asking questions. And um, one of the things that I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast before or not, but there's a quote that uh, I forget the attribution. Uh, so somebody call it out. Um, this quote did not originate with me, but it has helped me so much over the years. And the quote about kids was this, um, kids never stop asking questions. They just stop asking you. And this was, you know, I consider this as a parent and I realized, um, you know, there is a certain point in my life, I stop asking my parents questions. Um, you know, maybe not questions, you know, day-to-day things, you know, like, what is this or where is that? Not those kind of questions, but deep questions, questions that were really like on my heart, really questions that may seem controversial or politically incorrect or religious, religiously incorrect. Uh, I stopped asking them because I kept getting stuffed. And a lot of times the, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, getting stuffed, uh, stiff-armed, right? That's the kind of the American football. I'm looking at it from that perspective. Um, You know, you're coming to them and then you just feel kind of rejected. And oftentimes the rejection doesn't, it's not hostile, but it's indifferent. It's indifferent because your parent doesn't care or they've maybe never thought about it deeply enough or... I don't know, maybe they're just stressed out from their daily life and job and bills and all kinds of things. But um, I think it's just a really important realization to have as a parent, but also as a friend. Um, Even if you're you're not a parent, well, you're a child. And even if you're a grown-up, you can still have this attitude towards your friends and even towards your own parents. And that is this kind of attitude that People don't stop asking questions. They just stop asking you. And the attitude we want to have is we don't want to be that kind of person. We want to be a person that we realize, look, we're after the truth. And we firmly believe that the truth is not afraid of any question. That doesn't mean that we have the answers to every question. I certainly don't. That's why I want to be here with you all in the truth lab exploring things and everything that we explore is not it's not a defense for any one particular view of the truth but it's helpful in the sense of clarifying our thinking being able to open up conversations to hopefully arrive at the truth but if there is such a thing as truth it's it's not afraid of any question any challenge and so anyways i just wasn't expecting to kind of begin with this conversation with you all, but I think it's just more and more helpful as we're trying to educate ourselves. Uh, If you do have a Christian view, this is is very common within Christian households, and there's a a big decline of Christian kids that believe that Christianity, the truths in the Bible, or what the Bible teaches, has any merit. There's a big decline, 
And you, there's a lot of reasons for that decline, uh, depending on your worldview. Um, you could have cynical reasons for that. Um, but one of them is just, look, people are wanting to really engage with the material and they're finding an older generation that is not willing to engage with them. So with that, maybe we'll, we'll turn to the, the book here, to the chapter, but let's turn the tide. Let's turn the tide. What we have done as a group of people, now I'm speaking specifically as a Christian to Christians, what we've done as a Christian group, as a group of people, has not worked and is not working. Um, we're losing everybody. And I don't believe, I could be wrong, but I don't believe that's because we don't have the truth. We do have the truth. We don't know how to present it very effectively. Um, we shut people down. We have bad attitudes towards people that disagree with us. Or even just, as I said, like our children, or other people that are just asking questions, we're dismissive. We've got to turn the tide. We've got to turn the tide. Okay, so let's comment a little bit about the book here. So, is what you believe about God simply a matter of where you grew up? Now, this is a common critique um, with atheists in particular when they're challenging not just Christians, but any religious view. And they say, look, the only reason that you, Gary, are a Christian is because you grew up in the United States of America. Or the only reason that someone else is a Muslim, is because they grew up in another part of the world, etc. And so the implication is that, you know, if I grew up in another part of the world, I would be a member of that religion, most likely. And the, the real implication of that claim is that religion is, number one, is equated to truth in their mind. And also religion is, the source of that is just cultural. It's just cultural, and culture in this case is kind of has a general geographic boundary to it, and so it's just almost like a matter of chance. You grew up in a certain place, therefore you're part of a certain culture, you're part of that certain culture, therefore you're part of that same religion, and it's it's just a matter of, of birth based on geography. And I think it's helpful to actually get into some of the data because... At least the first part of that claim is, I think, absolutely true, that there is a statistical correlation, strong one in some cases, of where you grew up and what religion you hold to. So let's look at some of the data. So 28 countries have a population that is 95% or more Muslim. So you have a bunch of countries on the earth that are predominantly Muslim. More than 80% of the Hispanic countries in South America are Roman Catholic. About 80% of India and Nepal's population is Hindu. More than 75% of people in the Czech Republic, Estonia, Sweden, and Norway are atheist. More than 70% of people in Cambodia, Thailand, Myanmar, Bhutan, Sri Lanka are Buddhist. And more than 70% of the people in the United States identify as Christian. So, you know, based on this data, it would definitely be fair to say that if you grew up in, say, India, there's a good chance that you'd be Hindu. 
if you grew up in the Czech Republic, there's a really strong chance. Uh, let's see, this case was 75%. Good chance that you'd be an atheist. And if you grew up in Thailand, really good chance that you'd be a Buddhist. But, you know, to the book here, that's not the whole picture. So in other countries, there's much more religious diversity. For example, in Singapore, 34% of people are Buddhist, so about a third. 18% are Christian, about a fifth. 16% are unaffiliated with religion, and 14% are Muslim. So and the, the balance of that 100% is other religions. And even within many countries, there's a significant amount of religious, quote-unquote, switching. So this is a key point, I think, here. So like in the United States, for example, 34% of people currently have religious identity that's different than the one in which they grew up in, one in which they were raised. And so, you know, without digging into a lot more of this chapter, I think that it's helpful to, you know, two things can be true at the same time. One thing that can be true is that where you grew up has a strong statistical correlation with the religious worldview that you have. I mean, we just talked about that. I mean, 70, 80% in, in some of these countries, uh, continents for that matter, related to South America and being Roman Catholic. So you have to say that is 100% true that there is that strong statistical evidence but then you also realize that the data we showed did not say 100%. And so if the claim is around where you grew up determines your religious destiny, even historically, but especially today, like it's that's not true. So you may say, wow, man, 70% of people in Cambodia, Thailand, Myanmar, Bhutan, and Sri Lanka are Buddhist. Well, that means 30% are not. And so then you have to say, okay, well, then it's possible, even though the predominant people, the most of the people surrounding you of where you grew up believe a certain thing, that does not determine your destiny and it does not determine what you personally believe. And then, of course, there's this notion that, that may be a factor in the statistics I just shared, but this notion here of quote-unquote, religious switching. So even a country like the United States, you do a kind of a pre-post analysis, sort of at one point in your in your life, you were raised with a particular religious worldview, and then over time, you change to a different worldview. That could be you were an atheist, you became a Christian, you were a Christian, you became an atheist. The point is not necessarily what you were and what you became. The point, though, is that geography does not equal destiny, does not equal destiny. And it's actually pretty obvious that what I'm, what I'm saying is pretty obvious. If you look at it in any other non-religious context. Okay. So you grow up in a country that um, historically believe that the earth was flat. Okay. Are you destined to believe that the earth is flat? Like, no, you're not. No, you're not. So somebody else 
Um, or let, let's take a real example, right? So you grew up, let's say, in Europe, and you believe you grew up in Europe in 15th century, and you believe that if you keep sailing across this big body of water, you're just gonna like run smack dab into India or Africa, depending on your point of view. Um, and then some people say, "Wow, we are." You're actually not going to run into any of those landforms. You're going to like just sail off the edge of the earth. You know, in that case, those people were believing that the earth was flat. So your geography at the time did kind of indicate to you uh, what the prevailing view was. But after just a short amount of time, a little bit of discovery, you suddenly realized, nope, not flat. Nope, not India. Nope not Africa. Uh, you might have thought it was India, <laughs> but it wasn't. And so the point though here is that geography does not determine destiny. Just because you grew up thinking something a certain way, if a if something, the truth was discovered in another area of the earth, even not today, like today, I mean, I could figure out what somebody in the you know, the most distant area of the world believes probably in like 10 minutes. Just got to do some Google searches, check out some th things. And I kind of now have, oh, wow, they look at it as something totally different than the way I look at it. But even in the example I gave 500 years ago, there's no computers, internet, social media, there's no any of that. But there's still, again, outside of a religious context, there still is a discovering of what the real situation or the truth really is. And that discovery of what that truth is made its way back to people in that geography, in this case, Europe, and they changed their minds. They changed their minds. You grew up, you had a certain view, new information came in, changed your mind. You quote unquote switched. And I think that's super important Um because it's possible, even though there are, and we should acknowledge it, that the data shows what the data shows. There's strong correlations with where people grew up and what their religious beliefs may be. But just a, a correlation doesn't determine, it's not destiny. You Just because you grew up uh, thinking, that, like we said, the world is flat, or you know, some, I don't know, some medical or scientific viewpoint, and someone else um, through a in a different part of the world, discovered something different, that doesn't mean you are predetermined to hold on to for all of time the beliefs that in which you grew up in. The other perhaps main point, though, is that, so let's say everything I just mentioned is wrong. Okay, I don't think it is, but let's say it's wrong. Specifically, that geography determines destiny. If you grow up in a certain geographic location, you are predetermined to believe a certain thing. Even if that is true, that doesn't mean what you believe based on your geography is actually true. So if we unpack that, if growing up in the United States of America predetermines me to believe that the world is flat, and it's my destiny. I grew up here and uh, I'm just determined, I'm predetermined to believe that the world is flat. Again, I don't believe that you're predetermined, but let's just assume that it's true, that you are predetermined based on geography. Even if that is true, 
the belief, the belief that the earth is flat is still not true. So even if based on a certain geography, you're predetermined to believe a certain number of things, that doesn't mean what you believe is actually true. So in other words, belief in something does not make that thing true. And that statement is applicable across the board. So let me quickly read through a couple of things. This is from another book. Um, And again, not everything in these books I agree with, but some things I do, and I'll share those with you all. This is from the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Norman Geisler and Frank Turek are the authors here. And um, I just want to read a couple of bullet points related to truth. I think what they say about just the, the notion of truth is helpful here. And one of the bullet points is what I just mentioned. And so I want to read a few things here. So number one, truth is discovered, not invented. It exists independent of anyone's knowledge of it. An example here is gravity existed prior to Newton. So discovered, not invented. Just the exact example I used here. The earth is flat if we keep sailing away you know, from the coast of Portugal in the 15th century, let's say we're going to sail off the end of the earth, then you discover that's not true and you actually landed in a previously unknown land. That land and the the roundness of the earth, that was true long before Columbus and team discovered it. But the truth in their voyage, they discovered it. They did not invent it. Number number two, truth is transcultural. If something is true, it is true for all people in all places at all times. Two plus two equals four for everyone, everywhere, at every time. So this, again, is also helpful. Just because you grew up in a certain place, you believe a certain thing, that does not make that thing true. Okay? If it's, if it's true, it has to be applicable for everyone, everywhere, all the time. Number three is the point I brought up earlier. Truth is unchanging, even though our beliefs about truth change. When we began to believe the earth was round instead of flat... The truth about the earth didn't change. Only our belief about the earth changed. The earth was round. For all of time, the earth has been round. For many hundreds, maybe thousands of years, people thought the earth was flat. Just because they believed that didn't make that thing true. So the truth is the truth whether we believe in it or not. So beliefs cannot change a fact, no matter how sincerely they are held. So someone can sincerely believe the world is flat, but that only makes that person sincerely mistaken. Truth is not affected by the attitude of the one professing it. An arrogant person does not make the truth he professes false. A humble person does not make the error he professes true. 
So that's really helpful too. We won't get into that in any kind of details here, but uh, just because you are a really, you're a jerk, <laughs> uh, Christians out there, stop being jerks. Uh, just because you're a jerk doesn't mean what you're saying is false. And just because you're super nice, it doesn't mean what you're saying is true. Um, and so that's that's helpful to know. So I think that that's a, some good context around this question that you know is what we believe about God simply a matter of where we grew up. There's definitely strong evidence that tells us that where you grew up, uh, or rather like what religious belief you hold is strongly correlated to where you grew up. But it doesn't predetermine it. It doesn't predetermine it. And even though you really believe something to be true, and even if that is strongly determined by where you grew up, that still doesn't mean that what you believe is actually true. Again, belief in something doesn't make that thing true. And so I think to close, though, you know, whenever we're looking at these questions, kind of considering them, it can be helpful to realize, you know, where is the question really coming from? Where's the question really coming from? And we, I mean, we talked about this in a previous episode, but part of where the question is really coming from is a it's out of a good heart and not wanting to exclude people. And so what we're getting at here is we're trying to determine what is the actual truth. It's not predetermined by where you grew up. And even though you really believe something to be true, that doesn't make it true. But if you believe something that is in fact not true, you believe the earth is flat, well, that's not true, and therefore your belief is nullified by the actual truth. And when your belief is nullified, you are inherently being excluded from being someone who actually believes true things. And people don't like to do that. People don't like to do that, and that's out of a good heart, I think. Um, but one of the things people, you know, one of the, the reasons I think people are making that claim is, is based on this notion of, well, if in a lot of ways, maybe you're not predetermined, but it's strongly correlated that you're going to believe something based on when, where you grew up. And if we realize actually that thing that you believed based on where you grew up ends up being not true. Well, if we're talking about religious things now, man, that's like super unfair. That's super unfair. So to our world is flat example, if I grew up somewhere that everybody around me, like the smartest people around me in my entire country believe that the earth is flat and someone else in another part of the world discovered that the earth is round, but I never learned that. I never knew that. I didn't. I couldn't sail out and discover it myself. And the information that they discovered was never able to actually get to me. Then, for my whole life, I'm going to, in a sense, be living a lie. And so then you say, "Man, that is really, really unfair." Well, it might just be in the Earth is flat example, living a life uh, with one area of your beliefs being wrong. But when it comes to God, we're talking about really serious things. And, well, maybe someone else in another country has actually discovered the real truth. But I don't know what they've discovered. And I'm not predetermined, but I'm strongly correlated to believe something different based on where I grew up. That seems really not fair. 
And so how might we answer that question if we are considering God? For right now, we're going to talk about the Christian God. We say, God, that seems really not fair. It makes you seem unrighteous, makes you seem unjust. And so I would only make two comments about that. One is... um, Something told, someone told me in college that, that actually really helped me. Um, and that was, you know, when you're having these kind of conversations, a lot of people will, well, one of the claims will be, well, what about all the people that hasn't heard, that haven't heard? Well, if you think the gospel is true, what about all the places the gospel hasn't gone? And they, they can get quite, you know, confrontational with that challenge. That it's fine to have a challenge. And then, you know, I, Honestly, I was, I was one of those people making that claim. And then someone told me this. He said, Gary, I don't, I don't exactly know the answer to your question, but the only thing I can say is that God cares more about those people than you do. And at first it was kind of like, man, that is a not nice thing to say to me. But I realized actually what this person was saying was true. I was asking the question, not really asking the question, I was making a critique against God. I was challenging this other person's point of view, his worldview. And then I had to check myself. Actually, in my heart, I didn't even care about all these other people. I was just trying to win an argument. And so what he said is, you know, he indicated something from the Bible that God is righteous and he's also loving. And because he's righteous, he will never do anything that is not right, not just, but he's also loving and he actually cares more about those people than you do. And it kind of blew me away, um, you know, this isn't requ- this isn't a requirement, but part of the reason that really touched me and really kind of exposed my heart and my mind towards these things is because I was kind of, you know, you kind of have this thought that what about all those people in some village in Africa? You know, sometimes this is used like in the, the farthest reaches of the earth, at least in my mind. And the funny thing about it was, is the guy I was talking to um, was from a small village in Ethiopia. And, uh, and that was his view, um, that God cares more about those people, which was him and his family and the people he grew up with more about them than I do. Some person, you know, and at that time, some town in Texas, just critiquing things. The other thing though, is from, again, I'm gonna use the Bible here. Um, again, I'm kind of from a Christian perspective. You could disagree with this. Uh, and that's fine. But at least from one of the things the Bible says about answering that question, you know, what about people that haven't heard or what about people that, you know, grew up in another place that, you know, the people that are around the culture they're within believe something differently. And they may maybe never heard that, you know, quote unquote, the earth was round or they never heard about the Christian God. And I would just say, you know, this is from the book of Romans chapter one. Because that which is known of God is manifested within them, for God manifested it to them. So how? So something of God is manifested to a group of people. How did he do that? How did he do that? 
for the invisible things of him, both his eternal power and divine characteristics, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being perceived by the things made, so that they would be without excuse. So again, you know, if you don't believe in the Bible, that's okay. I'm just giving you a Christian perspective on the question of what about people that haven't heard the gospel or they grew up believing something differently. At least from the Christian perspective, there is an aspect of creation. There is an aspect of nature, which we, I don't know, maybe we covered 10 episodes on that already. There is something in nature itself, in the world itself, that testifies of God, both his eternal power and divine characteristics clearly seen in creation so that we would be without excuse. I think there's ample opportunity and necessity to expand upon that. Um, because it's a real question. We really want to know. There is some evidence, you know, from our heart's perspective. God is loving. He, he's righteous. He cares for those people perhaps more than we do. There's also some evidence, at least from the Bible, that, you know, in creation, in in nature, something of who God is is you know, testified to us. You know, so there's no place on the earth where a person can live that they're not exposed to the earth, <laughs> to the universe, to nature. So those are, I think, are some reasons, but perhaps we can get into it in you know, a future episode to dig into that question a little more deeply, look at some things from, from nature, from the Bible, that kind of thing. But for this episode, I think we'll just wrap up here again um, when we're being challenged with that question. Look, what you believe is just a matter of where you grew up. And since it's just a matter of where you grew up, what you believe is just a cultural thing. It doesn't mean it's true. You know, it doesn't mean someone else, what they believe is not true. That's just where they grew up too, man. Come on. It's just a matter of culture. So it was helpful, you know, acknowledge what the data shows, but also acknowledge that just because you believe something or the majority of people in the geography in which you grew up believe something Number one, that does not predetermine you to believing the same thing. And perhaps more importantly, number two, that just because you believe something doesn't in fact actually make it true.